you Havases. We are um, not in the studio this week, and uh, we we actually will be for a while for a couple of reasons. And I will not keep you in suspense. And you, you we're going to tell you right now why we're not in the studio. It's it's because we're not in the studio. We can't. Oh boy. I'm I'm bringing the hot and the mess to to the hot mess at Teacher Express this week um, because listen I am a mom of two um, and it's very very hard for me to get away and to spend an entire weekend with my very dear friend Vinny. Unfortunately, I'm gonna stay at home doing things remote. Uh, we're gonna see how it how it goes. I'm really excited about it actually. Um, because I can record episodes right away. And if something comes up or we need to talk about something, I we can record an episode right away. We don't have to wait. So um, I'm very, very excited about kind of this new, this new little track we're taking for the Hamas Teacher Express. Um, but it does mean that something, something else has to change too. I'm bringing the hot and the mess and I feel like you're bringing the express. I'm on Vinny. the train. I'm leaving the station. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, my name is Vinnie Thomas, a.k.a. Mr. Thomas English, a.k.a. the British fella that's been on this for a few episodes. Um, and, yeah, this will be my last episode. I know um, me, myself and Jess have spoken about this. Um, we don't hate each other. We do like one another, <laughs> so we speak. Um and I know it's definitely been like an ongoing thing, even when I first signed up, we were always kind of like, you know, with what I do with my content creation and just in the nature of like, I have to travel and do different things. And as well, like my content especially is quite, um, it's not as teacher heavy as it once was. So I think even signing up for this, we were both like, let's do it for now. We're friends. We want to do this as friends together. Like give it a shot. See, like compare like the mm-hmm. British versus American schools and kind of like, you know, reorganize the podcast and try and like you know just use our personalities a little bit with it and um I feel like especially with this switch to it being remote I think it just is a natural time for me to um hop on the express out of town um but like I said I've I've loved I've enjoyed this podcast and I couldn't ask for a better podcast co-host I swear there's no (laughs) there's no drama behind the scenes oh my god we're not like at each other's throats (laughs) Vinny, this is the nicest you've ever got to me. <laughs> if I go red, it will go hot right now, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, I think we've definitely discussed it as well, especially like I've seen on my end, like you said, like every time we have to fly down to Orlando, I'm living up at Disney World, my annual pass, and you're there in a the hotel room. Like, I miss my kids. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm at, I'm at, I'm, I'm at Disney. <laughs> Keeping the magic alive. It's definitely been a thing where we've discussed it. And I feel like I'm excited to see you. Like, th- this is also your third baby. Um, and I'm excited for you to take the reins of it again and just see what you do. And I think, it- I feel like it works out best for both of us. So then I'm able to carry on with all my content. And you're also able to carry on with your baby and curate this. And yeah, for any listeners that have followed along while I'm here, sorry that it's a short stint, but I hope you've enjoyed all my episodes and don't stop listening now like we've still got another episode left and then obviously tune in next week when I'm not here (laughs) (laughs) I truly love you Vinny I could not ask for a better friend I'm so glad that our lives were brought together 
on the comedy tour last year and I just I have all the respect for you and cannot wait to watch all of the crazy Disney stuff from you so I know I'm buzzing I'm like <laughs> I'm already like oh Barbie the Barbie movie comes out next week I'm like can we see like a Barbie Disney princess crossover I don't know <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are going to keep this train on the tracks, and we're going to keep this going. Um, So first things first, let's do a little bit of a hot take. All right, a hot take is when we give our honest opinions about a certain topic in education. It could be controversial. It could be not. We could agree. We could not agree. We could end up in an epic fight. Who knows? Um, So today's hot take is ELA versus media and film. And Vinny, do you want to kind of explain what what we're talking about with this topic? It kind of also goes in line a little bit with like, you know, all of the book bans and all of the discourse going on with politics and education, especially right now. Um, But it's kind of looking at the ELA curriculum and the English classroom and basically seeing like, are these set texts even necessary at this point? Like, is there as much of a need for this younger generation to be able to go through and read these texts that are hundreds of years old and trying to go back through texts that have been pre-approved time and time again, but now they're saying, actually, we don't want to do them. So instead, they're replacing that text with another text that's also old and not as reliable to these students, Um, as opposed to kind of modernising it and looking at more modern texts and also looking at as more of a media standpoint as, you know, a trending film that's coming up music, inspiration, things that are like adapted from the text that are more accessible to younger audiences as opposed to here's a text by some guy that died 200 years ago that you do not relate to and yeah, now you've got to try and relate to it and you're like basically myself as the next ELA teacher, I remember like, you know, you're trying to teach a text from 200 years ago and the student's like, why are we doing this? And you're like, yeah, I kind of get your point. <laughs> Some of those texts are problematic now. Yes. So, like, you have to take the extra step to explain, you know, why it's problematic and why it was accepted back then, and you know, all of all of these different things um, that kind of lead to this this thought of like, should we be modernizing ELA classes? I remember in college I took a modern literature class, and it was the first time that I had ever kind of been exposed to modern literature that wasn't like a crime book that I chose or, you know, like a romance novel or it was like actual intellectual modern literature. And it was the first time I had been exposed to it. And it was like eye opening to me because I was like, wait, people wrote books after... This is the thing where I get so like conflicted about the the like whole structure of the education system in the US, not to like go into British versus American schools too soon. But it is like in those last two years when you do your advanced levels, like you're choosing to do English and you have to get a certain grade to qualify to be in that English class for that advanced level. So then you're doing more modern texts. You're doing like I remember I did one text that was a collection of short stories, like a gothic feminist retelling of them, where you would read like Snow White and it was from a feminist graphic gothic retelling and I was like this is the most interesting text I've ever read in a classroom setting and I was like 17 I was like I love this versus like in America 17 you're still in a gen ed 
ELA classroom where you're told this is the set text you have to do, these are the set things. And even when you're looking at context, there's all these new laws in place where you're not even allowed to teach the full context as to what inspired the text, which then makes it even harder to engage those students in the first place. I think it just opens up the world so much more when you do uh, projects like that and rethink the point of views of the stories that we know so, so well. And I like I remember having these projects where we would read a text and I would have the kids write um, a response from a Mm -hmm. side character, like what their point of view of that situation was. And you had to think about the mood. You had to think about um, their characteristics or their character traits and and put into um, this project that, oh, wait, there are other points of view to the same thing. And I think it's so important for our kids to for the kids in our classroom to kind of figure out and and actually practice and, and see and there's so much on the internet. I feel like everyone's yeah. scared of the internet. Yeah. I could go down that route too. Chat GPT scares Sorry. the living daylights <laughs> out of me. AI to me. It's just, it reminds me of iRobot. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? <laughs> I'm like, everyone stop. Everyone stop. We don't know this person that's behind. Oh my gosh. It is so scary to me. So with that being said... <laughs> I feel like there are tools that we could use, though, in our classroom and um, and and functions that that we're not even tapping into in our classroom because we're like, we can't do that because it's on the Internet. Could you imagine if like a film studio that was releasing a movie that was like child targeted, you know, so you've got like a summer blockbuster, something coming up where it's a movie that's inspired by a tech that's already come out and that like movie that studio worked with a school and was like oh, we're going to help you develop the curriculum for this to like teach the background of it and in doing so it spikes the students interest and then they want to see the movies because at the moment the whole like movie landscape is dwindling because post-covid people don't want to go to a movie fair anymore they want to stream and kind of like using that to like integrate into right. what students actually do in their daily life like it's not as common for students to go home and read a book before they go to sleep. They're streaming their favorite show online instead, or they're scrolling TikTok. And I think, yeah, and it's scrolling. It's also yeah. the attention span of it. Like I noticed whenever I was teaching a text, anything that was longer than a novella, if it was like 200 plays, pages long, one, there wasn't enough time in the actual curriculum to be able to hit all the standards and teach that effectively. And two, their attention would be completely done because by the time you stop for all your assessments, all the other standards, all the mini tasks, all the random stuff you have to do, it's like, okay, we've literally taken three lessons off of reading this and now no one can remember what happened last week. And okay, I feel like it's me against a hill when I'm struggling. I think we do need to take a step back from the the standard text that we're doing or the, the required text that we're all reading in high school and even in in elementary school, I remember like teaching sixth grade. They were like, oh, we always read Hatchet. We always read Hatchet. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to read Hatchet. And, and nothing against Hatchet. Like, it's a great it's a great book. But like, let's try something new. Like with our current society, there's so much bleakness. You're going online and every day you're like, I literally scroll. Well, one minute it's a crying dog video. The next minute it's, oh, the planet's going to be hit by a comet in two days and you're all going to die. Next, oh, there's a new disease that's going to wipe us all out. Wonderful. Okay, now here's a funny video of someone falling over. And it's like mentally, it's so hard to like, 
It's like when you're going through all that and then you're like, okay, here's the text. Here's your zone now. You're going to have a text so that you're not scrolling on your phone. And you get given the bleakest text you can imagine about life in the Great Depression. And you're like, okay, this is my this is my outlet. Yes. I'm not doom scrolling anymore. But instead, I'm being reminded of just how bad it was before. And I'm thinking, okay, with our current economy, are we heading yeah. back towards that? Because I just saw a TikTok that told me it's the Great Depression part two. <laughs> and now I'm not feeling this either. Yeah. No, there is so much more out there. If we just let it into the classrooms. And I think I think that's the I think that's the hot take. Let it in. Modernize the whole classroom, you know. Stop bringing politics into the classroom as well and just, you know, teach things that are enjoyable to teach that students want to learn about. And the power of choice and the power of like looking at things from a different perspective. It is the great part of any classroom. British versus American schools. So this is the part of the podcast where we discuss a topic and we say how America does it versus how Great Britain does it. And um, quite often we also speak about which one we think does better. And nine times out of ten, it's usually the UK, unfortunately. <laughs> I will say that I'm very ready for you to be done with this podcast so that like America can start to like feel good about itself again. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Especially around the Fourth of July. Oh, imagine. <laughs> Preparation as American schools will be out. They celebrate 4th of July in schools. <laughs> we win. So today's topic is a topic where I think there is a chance that it could be a draw. It, it, <laughs> I'm not saying I think you're going to win this one, but it could be a draw. <laughs> Don't give America hope like that. Oh my gosh. I hope I do I you we proud, all America. The theme for this week for our last American versus British classrooms or schools is themed classrooms. Oh, man. I think America does themed classrooms like I no know, one else. But. Not a but. Not this a is the but. line that I've had to walk with my wife because I decorated my classroom so disney there was not an ounce of space on my wall, from the floor to the ceiling, Disney everywhere. The shelves had Disney trinkets on it, my desk, Disney stuff, literally. If I gave out stickers, they were Disney-themed. The whole passes were Disney-fied. Oh, the no. The whole thing, to the point where my wife said to me, but is it overwhelming? And I was like, yes. <laughs> So, I think with this one, yes. And I noticed this. At no point did anyone ever call me out and say, love your room, looks great. However, is this not overstimulating? And now looking back here, I'm like, it is. And I used to film videos in that room. And there were times where I look back at some of those videos and I'm like, the whole wall is plastered with so much stuff that I'm overwhelmed watching this video. So, how... How, how how would a student react to being in that when you're trying to focus on a task and then you've got yeah. all of these distractions on the wall? So, yeah, what are your thoughts to that? <laughs> yeah. Was this your American classroom or your English classroom? My American classroom. Okay, I feel like okay. in America it is so pushed to, one, have a theme classroom and, two, if your classroom's not immaculate, it's kind of like keeping up the appearances. Your classroom is a reflection on you as a teacher. And if you're like... You know, in a room like right. I'm in now where there's Absolutely. bare walls, it kind of like 
gets the image of, oh, this teacher doesn't care. They've checked out. They're not the best teacher ever. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of that, especially with yes. the wave of, like, you know, Instagram teachers that have perfect curated Instagram <laughs> the classrooms. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> so when I first started teaching, I was, I, like, ate up every single ounce of the what teacher Graham was giving me, which was like, I need to have a themed classroom. I need to buy all of this stuff. I need to have these things on the wall, like inspirational quotes all over. I need to have a mirror with with like, I am kind. I am like all of these self-affirmations and I need to have this and I need to have that. And I, I did buy into it. I will say that it made me happy. <laughs> if I'm going to spend most of my life in this room, I want it to be a room where I can look at the wall and feel good. If this is my prison cell, I want it to be a nice prison cell. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. That is exactly why I did it. I And, and uh, there could be this thing where you're like, you're not thinking about the kids. Like, what do the kids need in their classroom? And like, but at the same time, I was like, this is my classroom. And I'm not going to put anything in there that would be like harmful or, uh, you know, there was uh, like my desk space was mine. So I had stuff like around my desk that like was for me. Um, Because again, like that classroom was my space as well. We all shared it. And if anyone, if any of the students ever came to me, it was like, I hate, I hate this. Like, I hate this poster that you have put. It really it is giving me the ick. I would be like, I'll take it down. Oh, see, I was the opposite. <laughs> like, that's my poster. <laughs> oh. <laughs> my last year teaching, I was given a brand new classroom um, to do. Basically, I went rogue and I painted I didn't know if I was allowed to. I just did it. It was one of those, like, I'll ask for forgiveness later after it's all painted and dried. So I did this wall. I painted it white. And then I put, like, black black paint strokes on it. And it was, like, a beautiful wall to look at, right? And I thought I thought it looked great. The kids loved it. Everyone loved it. But there were there were some teachers that would come into my room and be like, that wall is so distracting. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> like that kind of hurt my feelings because oh, it looked nice. It looked fine. But I feel like when you have teachers who have been setting up their classrooms the same way for the last 35 years, there's also this judgment I don't know if this is really staying on topic of America versus British, but like there's there's this judgment that your like your room doesn't look yeah. like it's a learning space. If that makes sense. It's more of like an Instagram um, you know, background. And again, like I understand that. But I enjoy decorating my classroom. I loved going in like two weeks before and doing it. That was just, that was my happy time. That was the only time I was ever clean. It was the only time I was ever organized. Yeah, and I feel like it's pushed to the point where it's like, it's pushed, but then you don't get the funding for it and you're expected to do it on your own bark. And it's like, mm, okay, thanks. Um, 
I did notice though, like even though my room was very over <laughs> over the top, I remember when I used to film videos in my classroom, I would get comments all the time saying, oh, he must be an elementary school teacher, maybe middle school max. And then whenever I was like, I'm a high school English teacher and I teach freshmen and juniors, people would just be in shock because they're like, you have a Disney-themed classroom, but you teach juniors and freshmen, like, well. And I, would, I remember just being like, I had, and this is the thing, I I was always like, once I spoke to my wife, I was like, it's quite overstimulating. Um, I was very shocked. I never once had any students, any complaints, anything. All I ever had was positive things from my students, just being like, we like your classroom because it feels like a safe space. Like in all our other classes, we're told you're going to graduate. You need to go to college. You need to do all this. And we're getting pushed into being an adult. Whereas your classroom, we see this and we're reminded of our childhood. And like, we can see from this classroom that this is a safe space, that you're not going to judge us and you're not going to like, and like for me, Aww. it's kind of like that to me was worth me spending the money and the time on that classroom. Like, I love that so much. That's where I'm kind of like, I like themed classrooms because of that. However, in England, <laughs> themed classrooms um, are not anywhere near as much of a theme. How it basically works is your themed classroom is basically dependent on what subject you teach. So if you're an ELA teacher, your classroom is supposed to do anything on the walls is directly related to the standards that they're teaching. So like, here are the standards, here are the texts you'll be doing, like, but even then, in England, you're not allowed to, because it's so big here, to display students' work and, like, you know, it's like an award to be put on the wall. It's like the whole thing. In England, you're not even allowed to do that because of safeguarding yeah. and data protection. You're, like, living a little if there's a little colour in some English well, classrooms. That would be a little pop of colour, you know, but it's not like, oh, here's a whole rainbow mural that I put at the back of my room just to say, where I, like, have a saying that says, you are the sunshine yeah. beyond the storm, like. um so yeah but i think it also goes in line with and i know we've touched upon it quite frequently is like just how like expectations in british first american schools are just so like the way that british schools are run it's like this is the expectation this is what you do and it's very like by the book black and white and i feel like it's the same thing the way the classrooms are set up is the exact same it's like you know, everything from the way that you're dressed in your uniform to the way the classroom's set up, everything is supposed to run smoothly like a machine, basically. And that's where the expectations come in versus yeah. America. There's a lot more like room for freedom and choice and everything. But I think that's also where it's, it's a good and a bad thing. I think that's also where you have some of those expectations. And that's where you get students pushing boundaries and parents pushing back as well, because it's not as by the book what exactly is and isn't allowed so i don't know then i feel like the way that you came into your american classroom and embraced your freedom to to do whatever you wanted in that classroom i i feel like america won yeah (laughs) (laughs) baby i i think america wins with the fact that you have the choice for it. However, I think there are there are some expectations from the British one that I think makes sense. Like things like the data protection and things like that. I think the safeguarding that's in the British schools, I think it's there for a good reason and it's by the book, but it's there to protect the students and the staff. So I feel like within myself, I'm a rule follower, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I feel like I, I like having that, this is what you do. And yes, it does invoke a lot of fear, but I kind of like 
having that I'm not comparing my classroom to the teacher next door. But I also like the safe space that creating a theme classroom brings in America. So I'd personally say it's a draw, but I feel like you think <laughs> <be> differently. <laughs> least give me something here. Come on. Okay, I'll lower my expectations and let you win. <laughs> I'm just going to start singing the national anthem. <clears throat> Hop to the plane LA. Can't you see? The real national anthem. Miley, thank you. All right, yay for America. We take a topic and decide if it's hot or not in the education world. So today's first hot or not is class doors or rewards. I'm going to go. I'm just going to I'm just going to go full send on this. Uh-huh. It's a not for me. I understand rewards. I, I I'm personally not an extra credit person. I to me, I'm like, if you've got 100 points, why are you getting 125 points for something? Because you did an extra question. I'd. Like, to me, when I look at someone's grade and I'm like, you're on 150 in my class, that, that the math just does not math there to me quite. <laughs> I don't know why. And then nah. in terms of rewards, nah. I think it's very strange. Like, I feel like people wouldn't expect this, but like in a high school, if you if you hand out stickers, they will love you for it. They'll be like, oh my gosh, we get a sticker. Because it goes back to what I was saying. No. It goes back to Are what I was saying. Me? Because like... You know, once you reach high school, these students are told you need to be an adult. You need to, like, you know, focus on your career, college, all of this. When you're like, oh, here's, like, a glittery sticker if you do this, they love it. Like, they'll literally be like, oh, my gosh, look at the stick, And they'll start comparing stickers and everything, and they'll really get into it. Um, food is one that, again, high schoolers will absolutely go rampant for. Um, like, yeah, high schoolers will absolutely go for it if it's food. But then with food, I've noticed and I've heard multiple stories of this. Food as a reward is very difficult because you do not know the dietary restrictions of every single student off the back of your head. Um, especially if you're high school and you have 150 yeah. students, you're not going to memorize it. And then, you know, you get an yeah. angry parent email at 10 o'clock at night because they've found a wrapper to something. And they're like, my child is not allowed to eat processed whatever and uh, yeah yeah and you're like oh my god i'm really sorry i didn't know the milky way was gonna do this um so yeah i think um yeah for me it's i feel like rewards i prefer doing rewards more in a sense of it's a reward that i was already going to give them um but i pretend it's a reward when really it's a reward for me such as oh if we finish this text we'll watch the movie yes. adaptation but only if you're good and then um, knowing fully well that I've planned to play that movie for two lessons so that I can grade the final projects. And <laughs> um, that, to me, is what I think is the reward that I go for more, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that, to me, is the kind of reward that I prefer because I feel like it's also that thing of, like, you know, as a teacher, you don't have an unlimited budget. And I think once you start giving out things, that's the expectation you start, like, basically screwing yourself over because now you're like oh i'm the reward teacher and you're like i'm spending a hundred dollars every two months at sam's club on bulk amount of candy for students uh-huh. to do what is the expectation uh-huh. for them to do in the first place right and i think this kind of goes back to like the themed classroom thing with of being like comparison of the teachers who are on the internet and even like in your own school 
um, like, oh, with this teacher, we got this. Like, neat. You're not, you're not in that classroom anymore. And I feel like class stores and class rewards, especially class stores, they were so hard for me yeah. to keep up with. Like, I used to do the like the class dojo where they would get, you know, money and they would get to spend that money in the class store. It lasted for literally three weeks because I was like, I don't know what I'm making my own economy over here. And it's very complicated. It took America. We haven't even figured it out in America yet. So it's like, why? Why do I think that I could do this in my classroom? So like, I think it was just an extra thing for me to do constantly um, but I agree with you, like the the things that I was already going to do anyway, like extra recess, my fifth graders would go crazy for. Everyone works at different paces. There's some people that could absolutely breeze through a unit of work and then they get all the rewards and they're ordered for it. And then there's people that aren't able to keep up with it as much that are feeling like, oh, well, I'm not good enough because I haven't got X amount of rewards. And then you get a comparison. And I think it's more damaging to like your students in the classroom environment than it is rewarding with the food thing too like a lot of people i wasn't allowed Mm -hmm. to give out food like foods weren't allowed to be a reward ever because it like whether it's like the psychological thing where you shouldn't be giving food out as like yay for you or just like the dietary restrictions or parents don't want their kids eating certain things and like it was just easier to say no no food yeah so then you have to give out stickers which (laughs) which is fine like but then it's also like i preferred it more to be like oh i'm literally grading an assignment it's on paper let me oh i have a whole drawer of stickers i got from the dollar store let me just put one on and then you know yeah well, and then teachers get these like fancy like stickers that they used to stick on their hydro flasks. Those things are expensive. I tried to do that once. I was like, I cannot keep up with this. Class rewards, I'd say, are no, um, unless it's a reward that you're already planning on doing, in which case you just need to reframe what you're already doing because <laughs> it's your reward. <laughs> Every single class is different. Like what motivates them is going to be different from year to year. So I think just keeping in mind that the class just because your class was motivated by this certain reward last year is not going to be the same for this year um so i think class class stores and rewards if it's more work and if it doesn't make you happy or your kids happy it's a not it's a not okay which brings us on when your teacher bestie gets your old students i think there's nothing better (laughs) When you are going through the same thing or like they're they're they've gone through it and you're getting the kids now, like it was so amazing. One of my teacher besties was a first grade teacher. And when I got the that class in the third grade, like it was just amazing to have someone who like understood like who those personalities were for as a first graders and just be able to talk through and complain and laugh and then like talk about how amazing some like these kids were too and just like the good memories that happened as well so oh it is hot i I love it absolutely love like being able to discuss and you know you have like in high school you have these students for a whole year and you're like okay you figure out all the dynamics because you have students and they're in all these different set classes so they interact with different people based on who they're actually like putting the groups with and i find it so fascinating just hearing how like 
you know, you'll speak to your teacher bestie and you'll be like, oh, well, that, oh, that student's so a student A and student B, oh, what's going on there? Like, are they still friends? They're like, what? They've never spoken. And you're like, oh my gosh, they're falling out over summer. I mean, it's like, I don't know why. It's so addictive because it's like you have these students for a year and you just become so invested in their well-being and their life and their development that when you're then speaking, it's like, you know, you... You feel weird having a catch up with a student and going in and be like, oh, hi, how are you doing? Like, because once they're, especially in high school, once they're not their teacher anymore, the next year, like, they might be like, oh, hey, Mr. Thomas, how is it going? But they're not, you know, you might have one or two that come by and like visit, but you don't have people necessarily come in and be like, they're like, you were my teacher last year, you're old news, I've got a new one now. Like, <laughs> and it kind of like, it is like that at times. Get, get to the curb. It's like, yeah, it's quite refreshing being able to like speak to your teacher bestie and you're like, oh, oh, you know, you go into their room for lunch to like a debrief about the day. Then one of them walks in and you can both like say, oh, what's going on then? And like, yeah, I think it's definitely also really fulfilling right. as a teacher. I think when you've really struggled one year with a class. And then you, especially because I was always the newer teacher, that when it's a veteran teacher that's taught for X amount more years than me, and they're like, oh my goodness, this class, oh my goodness, this student, that student, and you're just like, oh, so it's not just that I'm a new teacher and I'm not very good at my job, it's the fact that this was actually a difficult class and no one listened to me. <laughs> yes. I remember that happened when I moved down to um, third grade for the first time. They moved me from sixth grade to third grade. And because the class that I was getting in third grade, they were like, you seem like the teacher for the job. And I talked to that second grade teacher and she was for she was with me all year, just like listening to me sob (laughs) and like trying to come up with different strategies for this class, like and tell me the strategies that didn't work with this class. It was just so satisfying. And also, it didn't make me yeah. feel like I was going crazy or alone. I think it's so therapeutic to be able to just like go then and be like, you understand this. We are both very knowledgeable in this field. It's like you're both watching the same reality show. You're just watching a later series and you're just trying to piece together the information. And it was always like really interesting also like what parents reacted to different teachers, like the, t- the parents that gave the teacher the year before such a hard time were like angels with me yeah i always found that weird when like you know i'd say like oh let's sit down let's go over like who has who and like give you any like information you may need that may help you um and literally they'd be like oh parent i be careful parent i they were the one that cussed me out at the parent teacher conference last semester and then you go in and you meet them and they are literally the nicest person to you and you have to and you're like shaking like meeting them like and then you have to go to like your colleague and be like "Um, like, they just didn't like you (laughs) they're like what (laughs) i feel like those meetings that happen at the end of the school year and did they happen for you at the end of the school year when you would like meet and talk about the students like that were coming up to your class? No, not in the high school. I think that's more of an elementary thing. So in elementary school, like those meetings usually happened at the like the last day of school. That was like one of our check checklists for like for us to be able to leave. And we would sit down and have those meetings. I usually threw out the notes from that meeting because the teachers that had that class were so like emotionally done 
that they were just, they could not think of like some nice things to say. They were just so done, you know? And you know that feeling at the at the end of the year. You're just you're ready, yeah. you're ready to go into summer. And a lot of times, like the things that were told to me about kids from a previous year didn't end up, you know, didn't end up I didn't end up seeing those things in my classroom. And I always wanted to give kids yeah. like a fresh start too, because the teacher before me was really different. And I am a I'm gonna be completely different for some other kids. Like the kids that were really good for her were not really good for me and didn't like me. And so it's just it's just that thing of like, you know, these kids are why we're in our classrooms and why we're why we're doing what we're doing. And I also think it's like I used to always do it more in a standpoint of, oh, I've had them. Like, if you have any questions, let me know. But I prefer it more when they come to you and they say, this student's doing this, this, and this. And you're like, oh, yep, that, they did that to me. I kind of like that, how it unfolds. And you're like, okay, so now you're understanding exactly what I was talking about last year when I was, like, stressed out. I love that because, yeah, I agree. It's like when yeah. you have a new student, it's like, especially in the first, like, semester, like, these students are like, I've got a new teacher. I'm trying to, like, see what their vibe is, see if, like, you know, we get on. I'm trying to, like, adjust to, like, you know, if you're going up a year, it's always the rig is slightly harder. So you're adjusting to new curriculum and all things like that as well. I would cry as an elementary teacher when they would like walk by the next year and like not acknowledge my existence. I'm like, how dare you? I raised you. <laughs> Sometimes I would bump into my old students, like just walking around. And they'd be like, oh, do you remember me? And I'm like, I taught you three months ago for a year. Of course I remember you. And they just like kind of are under the assumption that as soon as they're out, you've just... You've taken the file in your mind and just put it yeah. straight in the recycling bin and you just let it get deleted. I'd say it's definitely a positive to have your teacher bestie have um, your sa- the same students as you the following year. So, yes, that was hot. And if you don't have that, I think it's time to go make a new friend. So yeah, it's a pro. <laughs> Let's not say it's a hot because that sounds very <laughs> weird for that. In that sentence, I don't like that. <laughs> so, it's not hot. It's positive. But hot. Positively stunning. We're now moving on to our next segment. So this is one of my personal favourites, one of Jess's least (laughs) favourites. It is Grind the Gears. This is the part of the podcast where we are given, I believe it's 30 seconds, is it? Yes. So, yes, this is where we have 30 seconds where we get given a topic by the other person and then we have 30 seconds to just completely rant about whatever the topic is. All right, Vinny, for your last topic aboard the Hot Mess Teacher Express to rant about, we are going to have you rant about people who hate Disney adults. And you make go as a certified disney adult i just personally think what is the harm in loving disney loving all things if i want to go to the park and i want to put a pair of ears on and i want to dress as mickey mouse what harm is that to you there are people doing much worse things all i know is that i have disney in my heart it was my childhood and now here is an adult in this bleak desolate land i need something that's positive if i want to dress up like a disney princess and think that i'm elsa from frozen i'm gonna do that and you need to let it go if you can't handle it because i'm here every day living my best life and just look in the mirror <laughs> Stop. Look in the mirror because the evil queen will be looking back at you and I know I'm the fairest in the land, not you. 
happen. I don't get why people are so against Disney adults. I think, I feel like Disney adults are very approachable people. But then I feel like I'm a Disney adult, but I don't feel like I'm a Disney adult at the same time. Then you're a Disney adult, okay? So I literally just did a video with all my munching stuff and I'm like, my, it's gotten out of hand. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Jess, your topic is people who make Disney their whole personality. Go. Finny, it's my gift to you. You do not have to listen to me horribly rant for 30 seconds about this topic. That is my parting gift to you. Thank you. <laughs> we still have another segment. <laughs> you may leave. This, this just ties in so much with that thing we were saying earlier on the hot or not with the rewards, you know, when really it's a reward for you, but you may <laughs> All right, our last segment, as always, on the Hamas Teacher Express is underdogs. And this is where we celebrate people in education who don't usually get highlighted or celebrated a whole lot. So we're going to we're going to take the time right now to celebrate these people. Um, And this week we are highlighting theater, teacher, parents, students, anyone who's involved in the theater department in schools. Um, we're we're highlighting all of the work that you're doing that often goes very unnoticed unless it's time for the production. So uh, did you have a lot of theater kids in your class? So my school was very unique. I think they've started to do a theater program now, but there wasn't really, I think there was a couple of sports. There wasn't really much of a theater program. But one of my like closest friends is a middle school teacher and they basically directed the school play every year and they were literally I remember speaking to them and they're like this is it the next three months every single x day this day then as it comes up and the whole thing with it I honestly feel like and it's the same thing if like people are in band they have to rehearse our school hours everything it's like I feel like so often things like especially fear related teachers in that like you know the arts are often looked down on and be like, oh, well, you know, I had to teach a text, but all you had to do was give a trumpet to a kid's dad. It's like, it's so much more than that. I think, in all honesty, so many times the arts get so neglected. And I think um, if you are anyone that's involved in any way, if you volunteer, if you're you're even a parent that has to literally shuttle your, like, child to and from school, before and after school, to all these rehearsals, and you show up and... As someone that had <laughs> parents that didn't often attend things when I was doing them at school, if you're actually going out of your way on your weekends and your evenings to even watch your like child as well, like seriously, like props to you. It is a lot of work. It's very intensive. And I think the arts as a whole deserve so much more recognition because the arts are what literally give us the hope in these dark times and they give us the escape that, you know, if you're having a bad day, you can turn something on or tune into something that is artistic to give you that escape and I feel like if you are connected in that in any way especially in a school in this current climate I feel like you deserve all of the congratulations and success and everything. I remember um, teachers in our school that were doing uh, school play with sixth through or like I think it was fifth through eighth graders it like in an elementary school that is hard that is hard to wrangle everybody 
because a lot of a lot of the responsibilities came down on the teachers to get like the sets done and to get um to organize everybody and then the lights and all of the like technical side of things those teachers went out of their way often for little to no money i don't think and spent a small fortune themselves to make sure that the production is what they wanted it to be for the kids um and then those students that that are in theater like um like bravo to you for doing something that literally puts you in the spotlight and is it might be out of your comfort zone and to learn extra lines and and dance moves and all of these things that that make the production you know what you wanted to be it, it's so much extra work and um and the as parents especially that go in and like believe in their kids and and applaud the loudest for them. I just, it's so much work on in every single department to make sure that a production gets gets up and running in a school. Um, and just bravo, bravo. I love performing, but I hate rehearsing. I'm like to me to rehearse the same thing. It's exhausting to me. I'm an improv person, pro pro. I like to just go. And just see how it yes. goes. But the whole like redoing it and being there for hours, I don't have the dedication. I don't have the focus. Like, so seriously. And when you're doing that of like students, like teenagers, people that like even like elementary, middle school, I can't even imagine. And seriously, like there's probably times where like people go home and they're like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? But just know that it's making such a difference. And, you know, there are so many students that need that outlet and you're just amazing all around. All of that time and effort that you are putting in is like means the world to the kids that you're doing it with. Like those students, sometimes that's the only time that people believe in them is when they're on stage and and you're seeing that side of them and and putting that light in them. And I just, oh, I love it. Damning. All right, Vin, are you, how are you feeling? I feel like I'm kidding. Yeah. Are you, you get a little tear like. <laughs> now, uh, maybe. <laughs> just going to curl up in that, on that little couch back there and just fall asleep alone. Yeah. Sad. It's I fine. think the same, it's like I said earlier, I feel like, you know, everything happens for a reason. I feel like we've had a good, like, what is it, like half a year of episodes doing this, I think. You know, I feel like we've touched on some really great topics. We've done some, uh, like, I'm happy with the work that we've done. And I'm just, I'm so excited for you to be able to go back to doing this on your own and being able to, like, prioritize doing this alongside, you know, being a mother and being present for your family as well. And, like, I'm I'm just so excited for you to just continue growing this. And I feel like it's going to do so well. And I'm like, you don't need me constantly in the background running off trying to like film costumes while you're focusing on your job Benny, i am like i'm so honored and so excited for everything that that you have coming up e- guys Vinny has so many exciting things coming up he's going to be a very important person i i'm gonna predict i'm gonna predict in like the next six months you're gonna be like Hot mess teacher express. What I was on that one. No, what? No, just remember, remember me when when you're sitting in your little magic castle. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I um, thank you so much for your time aboard the Hot Mess Teacher Express. We we love you and wish you, you all the best. 
make sure that you're following Vinny. So it's Mr. Thomas English, and this year on um, Instagram, and it's the Thomas English. Someone stole my username, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, thank you so much to everyone that's listened, that's followed this along. And like I said, continue listening, even if I'm not going to be here. Jess is amazing, so listen to her. I listen to her all the time. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, being aboard the Hot Mess Teacher Express. Until next week. Um, anything to say, Vinny? Choo, choo, choo. Thank <laughs> you.